Welcome to episode 19 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast, the podcast for people who care about coffee. I am your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me, my co-host, Brian Sheely. What's going on? Not a lot. I am just recording a podcast for people who care, care about, about coffee. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what you brewing? So, if you can't tell already by my voice, I've been kind of sick the last week. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it's like the worst possible thing when you have a ton of really good coffee coming in to totally have a head cold and you can't taste anything. So, I'm sort of on the way, on the mend here. But before I totally lost the capability of tasting things, um, I got in the Tim Wendelbow, one of the Fresh Crop Kenyas, um, and I've been brewing that up. Uh, it's actually the Kaga'a. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's kind of the thing. Like this show is terrible for pronunciation, so <laughs> right. we just kind of make stuff up. Hopefully, Tim will be like Brian. Brian, it's it's Kaga. Like. Tada, but kaga. Anyway, I don't know if he would sound like that, but yeah, probably not. We should we should uh, we should give him a shout out and see if he'll come on and correct us. So uh, I, I'm I'm willing to be corrected here, but uh, I brewed it up on the V60 uh, about a week ago, and um, man, it was it was really good. It was, had a really juicy body. It almost kind of had like a deep grape juice kind of sweetness and acidity to it, really deep. Um, and then as it finished, it was sort of a a floral kind of morphed into like this floral play, like perfumey sort of finish. It was really nice. Um, and I actually, I've only gotten to brew it a couple of times, but the, the two times that I did brew it, it was pretty outstanding. Um, especially, you know, after it had shipped in like no time. Right. Yeah, I know you had recently had uh Tim Wendable also, Yes. Um, and we strangely we had like purchased like at the exact same at time. the exact same time and they showed up on the exact same day, same day. and then only like five days off roast which was pretty amazing uh, considering right. how far it had to come um, and right. and the shipping cost wasn't super bad so right because he's in Oslo, Oslo right yeah. Tim Windowbow and uh, we're both in the U S and so the the shipping time was pretty great anyway this fresh crop Kenya is pretty amazing. Um, I, I kind of like it better than the Capsicicio on on filter, but definitely a, a really good option. What are you brewing? What's, what's going on? I got in a coffee from La Cabra, and since we're going international, yeah. let's talk um, a bit. Uh, so La Cabra is in Denmark, and I got a coffee from theirs. Uh, part is from Colombia, so part of like the La Palma uh, neighbors and families. So if you get uh, a coffee from like a, a specialty coffee roaster. Um, a lot of them this year have had an offering for this like La Palma El Tucan producer. They like it seems to seem to highlight like particular micro lots. Um, and I've had several from different roasters throughout the year, and they've brought out some really interesting flavors. You know, in these different micro lots than what I normally would find in a coffee from Colombia. And this one that uh, La Cabra has, uh, the region is, I, I, I'm going to botch it. It's like Cundinamarca or something. It's like a honey lactic process. And I feel like there's been some weird, I, I haven't followed all the details of it, but I feel like coming out of that program has been like some either interesting processing or whatever they're messing mm -hmm. with. But um, have you ever, are, are you a beer drinker? I am not, no. 
okay, well, this is going to work well. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, I used, I used to be, and I kind of stopped for a while, but, um, this guy named Ben, uh, he does Flatlands coffee. Uh, we hung out once he's in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is right outside of where we, where we just moved from. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met up and he brought this uh, beer back from uh, North Carolina and it was like, a, it was a sour, right? And I, I don't, I don't really know what like the deal is with sour beers, but I guess it's like a thing in like specialty craft beer. Um, and it's kind of weird, but there were things about it that I found very interesting. And I thought, you know what, like, I, I see why people um, find interest in, in this type of beer. Um, so... When I started brewing this coffee, um, I, I it was really shifty. So right away, I'm already kind of intrigued, right? If you know what I mean by a shifty coffee. Yeah. What brew method? So this was on the Kalita. Okay. And it's been kind of my go-to lately. So in this term, like I could say shifty in a couple ways. Mm-hmm. One, that like the sip kind of changes, like as like different notes kind of pop here and there. Or, you know, at each sip reveals a little something different like as it cools or something right and it did a little bit of both so at first it was kind of like cherry juice kind of sweet and then a, a little bit of grapefruit in there and then kind of toffee right which which i kind of get from some colombian profiles it was a delicate profile so it was kind of soft but then it also seemed to have a lot like ramped up and ready to go and so as like it, the cup opens it has this interesting fragrance to it and not even just like the aroma I'm getting through my nose. Like as I drink, it feels like it's filling my mouth. And then I did get some of these notes, you know, like some green apple like acidity. Mm. And then some florals would kind of get in and like little bits of it were tart, kind of like how I would remember the sour beer. Right. And then um, it stayed crisp, but it had this juiciness that was really shifty. So like I'm getting a little bit of sour and then crisp and then floral and then juicy and then it just was really changing throughout the cup that's cool so on this podcast so far i know we've only done three but i usually don't describe a cup you know this busy so i apologize for anyone who's like what a weirdo but it was just it's just such an interesting cup and i'm really looking forward to getting into it more yeah those are the marks of some really great coffees though is is the ones that you know you don't you don't really sum up just right off the bat it's it's like you really have to sit with it for a while and kind of continue to see where it goes and how it shifts and how it changes and that's those are the those are the coffees for me that make me want to go back and really just brew it as many ways as i can think of to see what else it will do um so um last week we talked about subscription coffee and um we had a lot of really great feedback from that episode it turns out a a lot of you ended up signing up for a ruby subscription which was kind of cool um We've we've both signed up for the Ruby subscription, but obviously there are so many other coffee roasters out there that you could subscribe to. We've got a couple of people talking about some of the roasters that they'd subscribe to. I had had a friend actually tell tell me about their Sight Glass subscription. Um, oh, I don't know if I even knew they. Oh uh, no, I do remember. That. Yeah, do so Sight Glass is always such a such a fantastic roaster, and and they also offer subscriptions. So that was cool to hear. Um, Jesse Martin was talking about how you know we, we were sort of asking the question like what what makes the best subscription for you? Like what's the best subscription option for you? And um, Jesse Martin on Twitter said that though freshly roasted coffee is important, like if he's going to spend the money, um, he really wants to get a lot of different coffees or a a large variety of coffees in every delivery. So an option like, 
you know, a craft or a Misto box that has the subscription options, um, sort of the sampler pack options, I guess, in subscription that ended up being important to him. Whereas, you know, I know for a lot of other people, sometimes that getting it really soon after it's roasted is, is pretty critical. So yeah, we got a lot of really good feedback from that episode. It's kind of cool to talk about all the different options. There was also some that were, were in the EU that we didn't mention and, um, that came about on social media. And I think my response was generally that you and I haven't had, um, interaction with those. And that's why we didn't talk about them, but that's because, uh, we don't live there, right. but just to kind of hit back on that. And I, for, I think, I, I think there were two, but I forget one. I know one was the coffee vine, mm-hmm. but I thought there was another, you'd have to just kind of look it up to see what might be in your area. Cause there are ones that, that we're not familiar with. Yeah, and I even stumbled across some Australian subscriptions, which seems like it could be a really great thing. Like you said, we we really talked about some of the ones that we had the most experience with, but really there's so many options out there, especially all around the world. So I have a cold, as uh, I already mentioned, so I thought maybe it'd be cool to talk about cold coffee. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a bad segue, sorry. It was a bad segue. <laughs> I'm I'm I feel bad that you planned being having a cold around this just segment. so we could talk about cold coffee. Yeah. So we're going to talk about cold coffee and, and it's been something that has been a really popular subject recently. Um, and, and let me just briefly tell a little story, which I, I, I found kind of funny. A few days ago, we were at a friend's house. They had us over for a barbecue and the the hosts of the party really are probably the least coffee-oriented people that, that you could meet. I mean, they've got a Keurig. They've, they love their K-cups and everything, which is, which is you know, definitely an option uh, that a lot of people subscribe to. And they were talking about how much they love their K-cup machine and everything else. And then they started telling me about how they also are, have been doing cold brew. And I thought, at that moment, I thought, you know, cold brew is not something that is just related to like specialty coffee lovers anymore. I mean, everybody is talking about cold brew. So with with cold coffee and the, this whole discussion about cold coffee, I thought it'd be really cool if we, no pun intended, to actually talk about um, what's what's the deal with cold coffee? Like what what is the hype, I guess, surrounding cold coffee? Um, well, it's cold and... <laughs> it's perfect uh, for the I summer. Mean- it's perfect for the summer, right? Okay. And I think, yeah, when you drink a hot beverage and you're hot, it just it a lot. It doesn't always go well together. And I think a lot of times too, if somebody's on the go, a lot of times during the summer you're on the go, you're out and about. You make a hot cup of coffee, and it's going to cool. Now, in specialty coffee, that's kind of embraced, right? But I think just generally, and even some people in specialty coffee, they would prefer their coffee hot. However, I'm going to assume if you plan to have your coffee cold. You're not going to get frustrated when it's still cold when you go back to it, right? Yeah. So it's it's consistently what you expect it to be. And so you could probably sip on it for a while and it not be not what it was that you planned on it being. Sure. But I would say the probably the number one thing is just that it's cold, which is awesome when it's hot out. Absolutely. And, you know, you kind of mentioned coffee professionals and, and I hear probably any more than anyone else, I hear coffee professionals and you and I don't really work in coffee, but you know we, we sort of listen to a lot of the the people who we really respect talking about cold coffee. And 
you know, most of the time they have very strong opinions about cold coffee, um, which, you know, I totally understand. And I get like when I, when I get into coffee, um, and I want to brew it for the first time, want to experience it in its truest form, I usually don't brew it cold. And so I generally tend to brew every coffee that I get in that I'm trying to get a sense for and, and tell what it's all about. I generally brew it hot all the time. Is that the same kind of way for you? I mean, do you usually just dive right in cold? No, I won't say generally. And and partially because, at least for me, this might be not everyone's thing, is I want to have a baseline for what I think the taste is going to be to know, uh, because I mean, just because of the nature of who I am and probably you as well. Sure. You don't want you don't just want to make the cold brew like taste good. You want it to taste like how it should be when it's cold, right? Right. So so that aside, um for someone else though who's listening who just wants cold brew, mm-hmm. like it can be really easy and you don't and it doesn't have to be fussy at all. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's that was the that was what I noticed in my friends. Uh you know, they they just you know, it's as simple as gr- taking coarsely ground coffee and adding it to water and letting it sit there for some amount of time. Right. Um, and, and anybody can do that. It's, I mean, anybody can make coffee anyway, but anybody can do that. That's, that's certainly one of the easiest things that you could possibly do and make a large batch of it so that it's available whenever you want. Um, so let's talk just for a little bit about, um, some ways that you can brew cold coffee at home. We're not, we're not necessarily just talking about cold brew coffee. Um, any coffee that you can make that's actually cold. We're going to talk about a couple of options uh, that you have to make coffee, uh, cold coffee at home. Um, and then we're also going to talk about some uh, options that you can maybe pick up at your local supermarket or some fancier options that you can play around with at home. But obviously the first one is cold brew. How long have you been cold brewing, Brian? I've, I've, I've never actually asked you this question. Maybe probably only about a year. That's about I'd that's say. about the same for me too. Oh, only yeah. about a year. But to be honest, I don't really I didn't I don't know if I really heard a lot of people talk about it much before that. Mm-mm. Like as as much. It's getting it's gained a lot in popularity. I mean, right. you know, especially um as more whether people sh- like it or not. You know, it's become it's become very big. Exactly. And especially as a lot of more a lot more coffee shops actually are offering that option as their iced coffee of choice. It's not just iced coffee any longer. It's cold brewed coffee. And even to the point now where I believe Starbucks is now actually offering cold brew coffee. Yeah, I think it says like small, small batch hand, whatever. I've gotten it a few times. I've not ordered it at all. But uh, what was your what was your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it was a it was a cold brew version of what Starbucks coffees taste like. <laughs> I think it's better like once the ice melts in it. Again, there's two ways that I would enjoy a cold brew. Right. And I don't know. if I mean. This kind of would go into what we're talking about, right? So um, in general, I think what part of the allure is about cold brew is that it the longer you let it sit, you get a lot of chocolate or caramel notes, like really kind of deep, thick notes, right? And the, the Starbucks drink, it has that because it's got a it's a dark coffee, right? Um, and then the other way of drinking it, like what I what I do at home a lot more is some of the more the lighter roasted coffees, right? So it has more of the fruit notes and whatever. Mm -hmm. So different ways to look at it. Um, But yeah, Starbucks one, uh, I mean, one of the better drinks they have, I guess. Okay. 
I'll say it like that. There you go. Um, you know, it, I, I was actually talking to a barista today, just sort of asked the question, like, what, do, what are your thoughts on cold brew? And, um, you know, she was basically saying how when you order it from a coffee shop, sometimes it's not, it's not always the best quality because some coffee shops will actually treat cold brew as kind of like a dumping ground for old beans, a dumping ground for old beans. Right. And so not necessarily, you know, committing like the best quality beans to, uh, the cold brew, just kind of using it as an, as a way to use up older coffee, which, you know, even if, even if you have old coffee at home or older coffee, cold brew, um, really doesn't seem to be as impacted necessarily by beans that are slightly older. But you also have to consider there's probably the, the way the coffee shop makes it is probably going to be different than how you make it at home. Probably. Um, so for cold brew, uh, you know, my friend was actually just putting it in this big jug and, uh, and letting it sit for like a day and a half. And then she took it out and she, she had this like horribly convoluted way of straining, um, the grounds out of the water with, you know, like multiple colanders and paper filters and all kinds of other stuff. I don't know if you have one, Brian, but for me, the game changer in making a big batch of cold brew at home was the toddy brewer. And it's just a big, if you haven't seen it before, it's just a big white bucket. And in the bottom of it is a, uh, a hole with a rubber stopper. And then right above the rubber stopper, you put a, a big fibrous filter and you, you let the coffee grounds and the water sit in your refrigerator for, you know, as long as you want. And then you just set it up on top of this carafe and pull the rubber stopper out and, it does all the work of filtration for you, and it, it's actually fairly effective at, at filtering all of your cold brew out. I don't know if you if you have that option or if you've used that before too. I have not. I do know that's that's a lot of what a lot of coffee shops do right. use as well. But no, I do not have one. Yeah, so I mean, I've if seen you're, it, if you're going to make it. a really big batch of cold brew at home, that might be an option. And I think they're only like thirty five dollars on Amazon or you know something like that. We'll we'll throw a link to that in the show notes, but. Certainly a, a an interesting option if you want to make some uh, cold brew at home. Like, it's so, so simple. If you have a mason jar and you have good coffee, right? You go get good coffee. Don't just say, well, I got this so I can make it work. Like, no, just don't bother. Like, yep. you don't even have to spend a fortune. Just get some local beans or just something. Like, like we can recommend something. Yep. Or, like, any of your friends could recommend something. Just get some good coffee beans and just grind it up. Just throw it in a, in a mason jar or something. It's no fuss. Yep. If, you, if it tasted too weak, leave it longer or use more coffee. If it tasted too strong, take it out sooner or use less coffee. And, and that's it. Super simple. Some coffees actually really stand up well as cold brew. Right. Um, and I find like even like natural processed coffees tend to lend themselves really nicely to cold brew. Right. Um, coffees that have that sort of, you know, it, it reminds me of the spotted cow, Aramo, the Ethiopia Aramo, the natural process one, right. um, that blueberry explosion just was one of the best cold brews that I've had. Um, just because of that blueberry note that just right. kind of took over. I mean, um, like if you, if you're someone who likes like a heavier coffee, less of this like light specialty coffee, go to your local shop and get their espresso. Oh yeah, right. And yeah. use their espresso for it. Um, 
or if you do like some of the lighter ones, yeah, natural process have a lot of fruity notes to them. Um, Guatemalans make, I think, some really nice mm-hmm. um, cold brews too. But there's a there's a way of making cold brew that you and I have both recently started playing with, and that's by starting it out with actually hot water. Um, mm-hmm. Can you describe like some of the ways that you've been playing around with that? How I've been making it lately is in a, a mason jar. So be it a large size or a smaller size. And the, the ratio, the recipe, whatever that I started using um, is from Passion House Coffee Roasters. Hmm. And I kind of modified off that a little bit. So we'll throw that in the show notes. Nice. Um, but uh, what I suggest to people, um, I think you can do it. You could do it in a French press also. But a mason jar is like a super easy way to make coffee because almost everyone has it at home, right? And um, I don't want to say the grind consistency matters less, but like it's easy to kind of scoop the amount of coffee with a scoop that you need for how much water you need, right? There's a little less science that's involved when you're making cold brew. Because at that point, it's just however long you let steep, should you have done it more, should you have done it less time. Um, So, you know, and you can filter it with a cheesecloth or with, um, like you said, strainers or... If you have a a, a pour over device, you could put it like in a in a Chemex, Chemex and let yeah. it kind of filter through the uh, you know maybe several filters to get all the fines out. Or there's a bunch of different ways to to kind of then clean it. But that's the general like easy way to make cold brew at home is just like mason jar, coffee, water, boom, yep. let it sit. Um, however. When I was mentioning earlier about the different flavors in a coffee, so you have kind of like these more rich chocolatey caramel notes that will generally come out in a coffee. But one thing you'll notice in cold brew coffee is that a lot of times it has very little acidity. And that's part of what people like about it, right? So you get like this nice caramely, chocolatey drink. It's kind of rich and it's uh, smooth to drink. And it doesn't have um, either some bitterness or like the acidity that you might find in like specialty uh, filtered poured coffee however some either be it brightness or articulation of notes in the high realm which i would say might be some apple like acidity or grape like acidity i don't know something in the acidity spot maybe florals there are some elements that when you make it your standard way you lose so the hot bloom method essentially starts you this whole you know, mason jar or whatever cold brew process off with a hot bloom. And what that is, it's similar to how we would suggest doing just a filter brew of coffee where you're letting the hot water kind of get in uh, in between all the particles of coffee and just kind of let out some gases and whatever. So you're doing this with the cold brew itself and letting it have maybe a minute or so, depending on how much coffee you're using, it, it will trap in some of those flavors that you generally would lose once you start pouring the cold water. I've messed around with the ratio of how much hot water to add, you know, and and I'm not sure what which recipe that you're referring to necessarily, but what I typically have done is taken 20% of the amount of total water that I that I'm going to add and I'll take that 20% and add it in as hot water. So just off boil, you know, maybe 205 206 degrees or something right throw it in there for a minute or so and give it a big stir and let it degas and everything and then i'll add the remaining 80 percent of room temperature or cold water 
over the top right. of that. And I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll throw a link to the recipe in the show notes, but a general rule you might think of is like the 20 to 20% to 80%. It's kind of a good breakdown sometimes. Right. And I think the method that I would use from, or from passion house, I think for like a full Mason jar, I think it's just adding twice as much water as you started with coffee. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of your standard pour over uh, yeah. method of, of blooming. Right. So yeah. And, and notably though, a hot bloomed cold brew does have a lot more um, pronounced acidity, which is really, I think what most coffee professionals end up being very critical about cold brew itself is that lack of acidity, that lack of fruity floral, um, qualities that you, you just miss when you, when you don't add hot water. I think in specialty coffee, there are, you know, a, a select amount of traits that describe, you know, that, that come together for coffee. Right. And I think cold brew just removes that. And I think by doing that to some people just degrades the entire kind of the process, sure. you know, you, you lose a way to look at the coffee. So there's an, there's a brew method, which I found really interesting. Um, and it exists almost exclusively in, in large coffee shops. And it, if, if you're listening, you might've heard of the Kyoto brewer. Um, but it's this big giant, it almost looks like a big hourglass kind of, you know, it's this big tubular sort of glass contraption kind of looks like a trophy for like a scientist almost like a yeah like a really big trophy a big trophy big uh set up on like wood wooden spindles on each side and um basically you see just this slow drip of water coming through cold water coming through coffee grounds and brewing down into a vessel down below and it looks really cool it's very impressive is that something practical for your house with a few devices actually slow drip cold brew has become really popular and on periscope recently brian was actually talking about his slow drip cold brew method called the brewer which has become pretty popular these days as well right and of the towers that you're talking about i know i think hario also has one that's a smaller version oh yeah of their big one yep um but yeah the brewer is on this same principle of a slow drip, okay, so so what it is, and we'll link it in the show notes yep. so you can kind of pull it up as I'm talking about this, but it's generally, it, it's basically a pitcher in the bottom, and the top is two chambers separated by like a little gasket, okay? In the, in the middle chamber, on the bottom, you have a metal mesh filter. You put your coffee in there. Uh, it's about the size of an AeroPress, so I think you just use AeroPress type filters on top of that. And then that gasket goes in, which serves as two purposes. One, it keeps the ice water that you'd put on the top of it from getting to that chamber. But also it has a little dial that actually controls the flow of the water through that gasket onto the bed of coffee. So it doesn't go through the tube setup kind of like what you're talking about. It's just a more condensed, like house appropriate version right. of what this is. So you can control the drip to last you know, maybe you're setting up a batch that you want done in four hours, which will taste different than if you have it set up for 24 hours. Right. And and one of the big things about like cold brew necessarily is that your grind size is really, really coarse, right? And for this method, your grind size is, is a lot finer. So this slow dripping of the water, you know, going through the coffee grounds, it doesn't need the the contact time for the water and the coffee doesn't need to be as long necessarily. 
so do you usually grind quite a bit finer in your brewer than you would like on just standard cold brew? Definitely than than if I did a standard cold brew. It's yeah. about a medium grind. Sure. Okay. I mean, for me, whereas yeah, if I was setting up something for cold brew, I'm I'm coarse, yeah. you know, French press or more, so it's, it's yep. pretty coarse. So then then the amount of time like the amount of actual flow of the dripping becomes really important then. Right. In in timing out, you know, how I guess how strong it'll end up being, right? Right. And and I've found it to be really nice especially as I as I'm taking like coffee by coffee and putting it in there. Mm-hmm. However, as opposed to what you mentioned earlier, like a toddy, a toddy makes a big batch. This, the picture of this will, I mean, only makes um, maybe 24 ounces. Okay. So you're going to have a cold brew that if you're, if you drink a lot of it, then it's going to be gone really fast. But I mean, it, it will probably last a week or so, Sure. you know, like me and my wife both drink out of it and it'll last about a week, but it allows me to take coffees in small quantities and be able to get a taste of, how they react in in that brew method. Sure. Early, you know, when you we were talking earlier about the coffees that are really interesting and you want to just throw it on whatever it weighs. You know, this is especially as it's hot out, I find it an interesting way to see how it how it comes out in a cold brew. And it's still going to be uh significantly longer of a brew time than just brewing it hot and then putting it over ice, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Right. I mean, you end up leaving it in the fridge for hours or so as it drips and and completes. I like them at about six hours. But I mean, like I said, it can go it could go to a really slow drip and be probably 24 hour long drip. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of an interesting topic because it was about a year ago, I think, where I was actually messing around with. And this isn't a new idea by any means, but this same kind of slow drip uh, method you can actually do with probably equipment that you already have in your house, yep. uh, which is really neat. Um, I, I would actually do this in my office. And so I would take a, a water bottle, like a plastic water bottle, and I'd turn it over and I'd cut off the bottom of it. So it was just exposed, this big open bottom to the water bottle. And in the lid, I would poke a tiny little hole in the lid. Now, it's kind of trial and error because like you say, you're trying to get this stream of dripping right. going on. Anyway, then I would take an AeroPress and I would remove the plunger and I would set it on top of a cup and you put the filter inside of the bottom, put the coffee grounds inside, and then I'd put another filter on top of it just to sort of even everything out as the dripping was happening. And then I would take ice and water and put it inside of the empty flipped upside down water bottle and then just set the water bottle on top of the AeroPress. This all sounds very complicated. We'll probably have a link link in the show notes to this whole thing. But essentially, it's the same concept as this brewer. Yep, um, same concept. Just just sort of pared down and, and made a lot smaller with equipment that you probably already have. So if you want to try this out at home, um, it's actually a neat brew method. And like I said, if, if, if you do this in a small enough quantity, you can actually do it at your desk like at work and just have it sitting there dripping away. And then eventually later on, uh, in the in the afternoon, you might you know have have a cold brew ready to go. Uh, so we did talk about just briefly. We talked about um, iced brewed coffee, and there's a whole debate whether or not it's. Some people will refer to it as Japanese brewed coffee or iced brewed coffee. Um, I had some guy tap me on the shoulder one time at a coffee shop, and he said, "Hey, have you ever heard of Japanese brewed coffee?" <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's fairly popular and something that's been uh, that's really caught on, I guess. 
and I don't know, probably one of my favorite methods of brewing hot coffee and making it cold is iced brewed. So I don't know, we'll talk about probably your favorite method, but just for me personally, I'm a big fan of throwing a bunch of ice in the bottom of a Chemex and just brewing a Chemex over ice. Because of the kind of glass that the Chemex is made of, you don't have to worry about it cracking or breaking. And so you can brew a normal batch of of coffee that you'd brew in a Chemex, but just reduce the amount of hot water in half and then take that amount of, of water that you've reduced and replace it with ice in the bottom. So like, for example, if you're going to make a 600 uh, milliliter or 600 gram um, Chemex, take 300 grams and put it in the bottom in ice and then just add 300 grams over the top of the grounds. And that'll actually, you know, brew right on top of the ice and it'll make a really tasty drink at the end of it. I don't know what your favorite ice brew method is, Brian. What, what do you do typically? That's my that was my go to also, okay, and that, yeah. I, and I was making it at work a lot, so I I wanted to make something a little bigger than the V sixty on the Chemex. Um, then. Yeah, yeah, on the Chemex, and I just like it because the the Chemex produces a really clean cup compared to you know some of the other brewers. So sure. it was it was really nice. But so but I will I will mention here anyone who's listening who like doesn't know a lot of the stuff we're talking about, you might be thinking at this point, man, they, they talked a lot about cold brew and like then hot and then cold brew and now they're talking about it over ice like why why aren't they just talking about like pouring their coffee over ice yeah right so and i want to i want to mention that here because a lot of people think and it i've it's happened to me too before where it just kind of has a weird taste to it um if you just take fresh it's already been hot and then put it over ice Mm -hmm. Uh, to me i think it tastes a little metallic i don't know if it's the way that it hits the ice and i I, I'm not, I don't know. Sure. Don't know why it does, but it, it's got some weird taste to it. So this method here where like um, you're slowly taking a hot brew and you have like an ice and hot slurry in the bottom and it kind of mellows it out um, over the course of the brew um, as opposed to, you know, instant hot to instant um, interaction with ice. And then that's what you're drinking during the brewing process. It seems to come out better. I'll say better. It's probably one of the most popular ones. I would say so. We didn't really say why, but uh, a lot of times with like an ice brewed coffee, since you're essentially brewing it um, like you would a filter coffee Mm -hmm. and you're, you're keeping the water hot and it's getting cold. um, You're going to get and you're, you're compensating for the dilution of ice by having probably a more concentrated, just um, coffee in in hot water. So, you kind of factor in this dilution and you get a drink that's cold, but pretty representative and has a lot more, has a lot more of that acidity mm-hmm. um, that you're, that you're probably looking for in a coffee that might be lighter, lighter roasted, something that has a little bit more fruity and floral qualities to it. It, it tends to bring out maybe the re- like you said, the representative characteristics of that coffee more than some of the other options that we've talked about so far. Right. And a shout out to Maxwell Mooney. Like last year, I didn't, um, I think it was a video of his that I first saw where he would decant all the rest of the ice when it's done. So it, once it's cold, it didn't continue to use that like partially melted ice and continue melting it. 
right. he would then put it over fresh ice, but then he'd shake it hmm. like in a, in a cocktail shaker. Right. Or I would just put it in I, when I was at work, I would just brew it in a mason jar and then shake it up. Yeah. And then it causes um, all that kind of foaminess. Yep. To it. That's actually what I was going to talk about. Um, oh, sorry. Go. Not, no, not, not just the Chemex, but um, iced shaken arrow presses. Right. Um, like the arrow press brewing into a mason jar full of ice and then throwing the lid on that thing and shaking the tar out of it is probably one of the tastier drinks that you can make just with straight coffee and ice. Right. It's definitely a, a great option and super refreshing, with, especially with some coffees that have, you know, maybe lemony or uh, like black tea notes, even something like that. It could, you know, really stand up well to being shaken and aerated sort of like that. And I don't know what, I don't know what it is like necessarily that causes it to just have the perception that it is, you know, 12 times more delicious than a normal iced prepared drink. Sure. You know, like you have that emulsion with the ice and and, but like just, I don't know, getting that little bit of what seems to be frothy, you know, bit on your, and you're like, Oh, it definitely tastes, (laughs) definitely tastes sweeter and creamier than it did if I didn't shake it. So you have this other option, uh, which is sort of new and not really something that a lot of people have access to yet. Um, it was started on Kickstarter. It's this new product called Coil. And you might have seen it so far, uh, especially if you follow Brian on Instagram. It is a essentially a ceramic method of brewing hot coffee and pouring it down this metal spiral tube that passes through this bath of ice. And basically taking like a V60 that you would normally brew and chilling it down into a vessel down below in a really sort of rapid fashion so that you're quickly chilling coffee rather than introducing it with ice or potentially changing its flavor by diluting it or anything like that. You know, again, Periscope, Brian's posted some videos about it. Have you have you done a lot with this yet? I mean, have you, have you been brewing with it more? Or? Yeah. I've been brewing yeah. with it more. The other day, I made tea with it. Oh, cool! Um, That's that sounds perfect for yeah. something like that. So, so it's essentially the coil. It has a, a long, like nine foot of of tightly wound tubing. Okay, and it and so and it, like Brian said, it's surrounded by an ice bath. So what happens is you have a rapid, or I say rapid, but it's over a course of a few minutes process of taking a hot beverage, and in the bottom because it's going through this chilled tubing you know just spiraling around around in the end you get a beverage that's closer to like 50 degrees Mm -hmm. um over the process so um what you're what you're getting is you're getting that cold coffee like you might in the japanese ice brew but since it hasn't had contact with the ice you can have a controlled or a more controlled extraction over the coffee because you're not diluting it right you can make it the same way that you normally would and you, you could brew straight on top of this device, or you could just go ahead and brew your hot coffee like normal. And then just and then, pour it into the hole. And then pour hole. it through. Interesting. And so the other day, I did that with tea. I had an infusion of tea, and then once I was done with it, instead of pouring it into cups, I just poured it through that and let it go down and had uh, cold you know tea ready to put on ice and drink. And even um, Prima Coffee, they did a Periscope recently, and Steve Reinhardt was on there, and one of the things that he said uh, that he liked, and I didn't even think about this, um, was making like um, lattes, like uh, cold lattes on it. So I, I don't want to say oh. ice latte because it didn't have ice, right? Right. But he would um, just pour his shot. He'd steam his milk, drop the shot in the the huh. pitcher of milk, you know, sh- swirl it around a little bit, and then pour it through. 
That's crazy. And uh, I have not done that yet, but I, when I saw that, I was like, ah, yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like a not, cool idea. Why not do that? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. So the, those are a bunch of ways that you can brew coffee, cold coffee at home with probably equipment that you might already have or maybe equipment that you could go out and purchase at some yeah, just some of the Just some of the new stuff that's out and then some yeah. of the tried and true ways of doing things. For sure. And and obviously, there are probably a lot of other uh, methods of making cold coffee at home. So if you have any any methods that you've enjoyed making, definitely hit us up uh, in, in some comments on social media. But there's also been a really overwhelming amount of grocery store or convenience store options um, now with cold coffee or cold brew coffee. Um, and one of the biggest crazes right now is nitro. Right. Um, nitro cold brew or canned uh cold brew that's been infused um with tiny bubbles <laughs> um i the only one i've had so far is uh stump towns canned nitro cold brew but i know there are a number of other companies that are also making them right now as well what other what other ones have you had brian uh cuvee They're okay black yeah. and black and blue that's down here in they have some killer branding too, by the way. I love the yeah. I love their whole branding on that they, on that can. They've had nitro, and then um, I've had uh, I don't want to call it nitro cold brew. Deeper roots. Before I left Cincinnati, a new shop opened, Cheapside Cafe, one of my favorite places to go in Cincinnati. And Deeper Roots was serving their nitroed cold coffee. But yeah, so I've I've had it on on draft there, and then okay. also the the cuvee black and blue on draft. But I think that's about it. I and, see it in a lot of places. Yeah, and there's a there's a shop here in town. It's a fairly new shop. It's called Peixoto, and uh, the owners are actually from Brazil, and they import the coffee from green coffee from their family's farm in Brazil, which is kind of cool. But recently, they've started doing nitro cold brew as well, and they kind of tinkered with it for a really long time, and they got the mixture sort of exactly where they wanted it. And I tried it. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and I was actually really impressed. Um, you know, as for whatever your opinions on cold brew might be, nitro cold brew, totally, I don't know what it is. It, you know, when it first comes out of the tap, it's really super bubbly, but it almost has like a milky kind of sweet quality to it um, that the nitro kind of adds. Um, it changes the the texture of it or the mouthfeel, I guess. And, um, definitely makes it something that's that's easier to drink and more sort of more fun i don't know um but i had that actually before i tried the stump town nitro in a can and i gotta say i was not as big of a fan of nitro in a can yeah um, i think as i was as i was when it was actually just straight out the tap i think the activation of a nitro can is a bit more difficult than it's than it's already existing like if you go somewhere and have it on, on a tap okay. somewhere, because um, I think you gotta you gotta activate the nitro cartridge in the can, or else it's gonna just be flat, flat coffee because it's not sure. ni nitrogenated, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've experienced that a couple of times. Um, but that being said, I probably would rather have it on a on a tap anyway because it's gonna be a little colder than usually whenever I get around to opening one of those cans anyway. Well, and, and so nitro is not the only option, though. I mean, there's also 
um, canned cold brew options. There's canned or sort of bottled cold brew options. Right. And there's even options now in a lot of coffee shops where you can go in and uh, you can go pick up a giant growler of uh, cold brew and bring it home, drink the whole thing, come back in and, and have it refilled. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of coffee shops are doing that now as well. Last summer, actually, we even in Phoenix, we had a local outfit doing a doing door to door cold brew delivery, which was kind of oh, cool. I mean, that was that was pretty, pretty intense. You wake up on a Sunday morning and there's a there's a big bottle of cold brew sitting on your on your doorstep. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. I seen a um, couple operations where they're they're riding around a little bicycle cart with a box yep. on front with a tap. Yep. So there's a lot of options that you can probably just go and and not even have to mess with making it on your own. Visit you know your local Whole Foods or grocery store or convenience store and you probably find something there. Um, you talked about Chameleon uh, before we actually started this show. Yeah, like at uh, Meyer, I think even Walmart. Uh, mm. Most yeah. most grocery stores, it seems like are starting to have something like in the section where you would find orange juice or milk or creamers and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, eventually you'll get to a section where, where they have like iced coffees and um, cold brew coffees. And a couple of the ones that just, I feel like are maybe a little bit more known would be like chameleon cold brew or Grady's cold brew mm-hmm. are two that I've particularly had before that have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Chameleon has a, a line of a bunch of different flavored ones, like chicory and Mexican and um, an espresso one, their original, a vanilla, a mocha. Um, but what's neat about, I think what's neat about them mainly is uh, the resource that's back on their websites where they have, and I've, I've done, I used to do some of these on my Instagram too, with just uh, kind of recipes of different mm-hmm. things. And so um, that's part of the fun, I think, with those sites or with those brands is the resource of kind of tapping into different recipes that you can play with. Yeah, and let's just jump right in because the, the next thing I wanted to talk about was sort of, so you've got all these different ways of, of making coffee at home or buying coffee in the store, but then you know there's also some interesting concoctions or interesting recipes that you could actually make at home with cold brew or with other products. And so you talked about the resources on some of these websites, some recipes or different things. What are some coffee-centric recipes that you've made? One of my favorites that I did, I called it Henry and Grady's Magical Boat Ride. <laughs> and uh, and you a, made that up? Is that what, that was yours? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a combination of all the parts. So I took yeah. Grady's Cold Brew and I took Henry Weinhardt's Root Beer, which... I don't know if you guys know much about root beer, but it's it's probably the best root beer out there is Henry Weinhardt's. And I would take the two and some ice cream and I would blend them together. I forget the exact um, ratio that I would use, um, but I, I'd blend those together and just have like a delicious kind of root beer cold brew float. Uh, that was just it's just insanely tasty. It sounds ridiculous. Uh, I've done a, a mint, what I call the mint brew lip, which is just um, some mint leaves steeped in cold brew for a little bit and then taken out. Playing off of that, I actually, um, one of the first times I even had cold brew was not one that I had made, but one that a friend had made for me. And he actually took, he you know, during the process of cold brewing it, he actually took lavender 
right. and some other some other herb. I forget now. Maybe it was rosemary or something like that. But he put that in the cold brew, and um, you know, lavender is so touchy because if a little bit too much of it, and it kind of tastes like soap. Um, but he he had sort of added like pretty much the most that he could without it tasting like soap. But it was an interesting way of like flavoring the cold brew so that you kind of get this lavender scent to it, but it, it was still the coffee that it, I don't know, it was, it was an interesting thing. So you, you could easily, like you said, um, find some interesting herb or, you know, some interesting f- fruit or something to put in and sort of infuse as it's, as it's brewing. Um, recently I've been actually messing around with a beverage that I had suggested to me when I was visiting um, Augie's coffee shop in California. And I, I went in and, you know, I was actually doing a big crawl on Memorial Day. And I walked in and, and the barista, you know, I ordered an espresso and she said, you know, have you ever tried an espresso and tonic? And I was like, no. And so she's, you definitely want to try the espresso and tonic. I'm like, okay, fine. So I ordered that. And man, I just like fell head over heels for that thing. It was so good. They had a single origin Colombian on espresso and they threw it over just a big glass of fever tree tonic. And it was one of my favorite drinks that whole time I was crawling through California. And so it's super easy to make at home if you have an espresso machine. Um, And even if you don't have an espresso machine, if you have cold brew, um, you can also make cold brew and tonic as well. When I started posting about it on Instagram, I got a lot of recommendations for other types of tonic, not just fever tree, but so far I've only had experience with fever tree and, uh, and I love it. I mean, I think it's great. Have you, have you tried it yourself, Brian at home? I have, I, I, I'm not, uh, like a liquor drinker, so I've never really done like tonic and gin or anything like that or tonic and whatever else. So, um, to me, I was still kind of playing with the ratio that the tonic is kind of, it's quite pungent, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to what you would normally expect with just an espresso beverage. Right. I would say, especially an espresso beverage. It's just, um, and tonic is a little bit different too, because not to cut you off, but tonic is, it's not just bubbly water. Like it's not carbonated water necessarily. Um, there's additives that it's sweet. It's almost a little bit bitter and there's like some herbal, you know, there's probably something very specific in it that I'm missing. Um, but it's, it's definitely not just your standard carbonated water. Um, right. So there is some, some properties to it that you might want to find an espresso that pairs nicely with it. Right. Um, anyway, go, go on. Yeah. I'm, well, I was going to say, I'm open to it being presented to me in a delicious fashion, but I, I just have other tastes that I would probably prefer to Mm -hmm. chase than, than jack around with that <laughs> and not not to lessen the beverage for what it is i just would i'd rather go to like a place like augie's so i see the potential of what it is instead of just always trying things and being like yeah i mean it's it's oh. it's all right so another thing you know is is the addition of espresso with cola as well compelling and rich was was posting some interesting concept beverages a while back about mexican coke and um a really clean Ethiopian espresso. Um, and so I was, I gave that a, a whirl, you know, a couple months back. That was pretty fun. And I've even seen some shops doing like cherry cola and espresso mm. in that as well. Um, which almost kind of sounds like Dr. Pepper. You know, if you, if you think right. about sort of that, the qualities of like a Dr. Pepper, 
Um, if you take cherry cola and add an espresso to it, that's kind of the sense that you get. Um, anyway, so there's a lot of ways to like take espresso or even potentially just cold brew and add it to tonic or some other kind of bubbly liquid. But you and I have a very specific beverage or not really beverage, but dessert more. Yes. Is it a dessert? I think it's a dessert. That I think we're both like totally addicted to. Right. Go for it. Affogato. <laughs> it's the best. I think this one warrants like a lot of people talking about it more than cold brew. Oh, absolutely. Affogato is definitely better. Even if you don't even if you don't like coffee, like you people who don't like coffee even will probably enjoy an affogato. Right. I mean, it just makes sense like I don't know. Well, I mean, you could yeah, so an affogato generally I'm sure you could do cold brew over ice cream or gelato, but I just would do espresso over mm-hmm. ice cream and gelato. And what's great about that is that you could just find like some really interesting um ice creams or gelatos yep. and then also interesting espressos. I did a, I did espresso over a butterfinger ice cream one time. Ooh. That was just, that was that was a little uh risque. It was it right. was very good. Um mint chocolate chip also works really well just for people who are wanting to try something wacky. So, I went to Jenny's ice cream and they did intelligentsia coffee in a scoop of sweet cream ice cream. Mm-hmm. But I also in a separate carton because I'm fat got <laughs> got uh, a wild berry lavender the their wild berry lavender ice cream that sounds fun and i wish i had the like the wild berry ice cream the wild berry lavender ice cream with the coffee over it but regardless the whole concoction so getting some of like the coffee mm-hmm. with some of the sweet cream with some of the wild berry lavender just like all of it together huh. one again is fattening but two <laughs> is really delicious yeah and you know these kind of options too are great for parties um you know, you can you can whip up a pretty pretty fast batch of affogados for for your friends if you have an espresso machine at home, or even if you're using like a stovetop espresso maker, um, or if you just have a way of of brewing hot coffee, maybe a little bit more concentrated that you might normally. Right. Um, that could be an option as well, and just I, to pour I, over ice cream. Yeah, the other the other day I had um, made some some old it was maybe four weeks off uh, seven seeds geisha okay i used the last of my bag i wasn't getting as much out of it filter as i liked to so as we kind of talked about earlier i it was old so i threw it in the no uh but i did make cold brew out of the last (laughs) bit of it because i wasn't getting everything i wanted out of the filter yeah and it was it made a delicious cold brew in the brewer nice um and i i mixed that with like some sweet cream ice cream Ah, uh, <laughs> it's so good. I get that. I did that with the gachatha too. Sure. I did the gachatha Kenya, um, cold brew and ice cream is really good. So it's summer. I mean, in most parts of the world at this point. And so we've been talking about cold coffee, um, just different ways to make cold coffee, whether you're brewing it at home to drink and take with you, whether you're going to pick something up at the store or, you know, if you want to get a little creative with it, um, we've talked about our favorites, some of the things that we're pretty familiar with. But we would totally love to hear your feedback. How do you enjoy cold coffee at home? What's your favorite product or what's your favorite brand of cold coffee you might go pick up in the store? Or if you've got a cool recipe for something, if you've got something that you've come up with, like maybe a coffee milkshake or something cool like that, uh, pun intended, definitely uh, hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear 
what you've come up with. And again, like we talked about last episode, if you want to talk to us on Twitter or Instagram, uh, go ahead and use the uh, hashtag IBMOC talk, I brew my own coffee talk, uh, shorten, and then you know we can follow along and, and pick up on that hashtag and uh, and hopefully have a good conversation going forward. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to follow along with us, we are on Instagram at I Brew My Own Coffee. We're on Twitter at Brew My Own Coffee. We're also available in the iTunes uh, podcast section. And if you've listened to this episode and you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd go and leave us a review, especially if you have something positive to say. That'd be awesome. And I will let you guys know, all the podcasts will always be me and Brian talking. We have got some really great guests lined up yes, that we do. Um, we'll be dropping soon. Uh, like I said, we, as we've been taking the podcast over from Alex, uh, we've been kind of just have some topics that you know we thought were relevant and we wanted to get into, but we do have some really great people about some really great topics coming up in the new year future. And we definitely hear you guys. Uh, we've had a lot of people comment about how uh, infrequently our episodes are. We are so far we are recording every two weeks. Um, you know, we're we're feeling it out. We're trying to fi- figure out how our schedules work out and see if we can swing a weekly show. But I definitely think it's something you and I could accommodate if people wanted to to hear it. So yeah, like if you if you are enjoying the podcast and you really want to hear more and you want us to try and get more guests on and stuff like that, you want us to make it something more frequent. Please let us know. Definitely. Well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, happy brewing this week, guys. See ya. Stay cool.